Hey, Mike, or, uh, are you thirsty? Well, I mean, I have some water right here. I usually bring water to recordings with me. What about something with a little more iron in it? Hang on a second. Do you mean like your blood? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Today, we're talking about vampires. We didn't do this at Halloween. We're doing it in March for some reason. <laughs> what? This is a spooky March episode. In specific, we're talking about the New England Vampire Panic. See, you thought we were taking a trip to Transylvania today, but no. We are fans of mass hysteria incidents on this show, so that's why we're going to talk about this one. (laughs) We really are. And like most cases of mass hysteria, this one is super easy to see in hindsight. But first, we need to talk a little bit about vampires. Of course, because right off the bat, we have to say that vampires are fictional. They show up in all sorts of folklore from all around the world. Belief in these beings can be traced to ignorance around how the human body decomposes and a general uneasiness with death. Well, that's what they say, anyway. With such a wide-ranging topic, it's hard to clearly define what most people consider to be a vampire. But there are some trends that emerge across the centuries. In fact, there's a whole table of characteristics over on Wikipedia because... Of course someone made a table of vampire characteristics. Most cultures have associated vampires with having a frightening appearance, often featuring skin tones unlike the living population, kind of more grey or blue in nature. Many consider them to have fangs, which they use to bite and drain their victims. And of course, most importantly, vampires aren't alive themselves, but in some sort of undead state. I mean, Mm -hmm. it happens sometimes. So we're going to just quickly go into this. We're not going to get too gross. But the appearance of a body changes as it decomposes. It bloats and the skin darkens, which may have led to many of the descriptions of vampires found in early literature. And the idea of like this pale, skinny, fang-equipped emo vampire would come much later. Vampire bats were integrated into vampire folklore after they were discovered on the South American mainland in the 16th century. It wasn't until the 1897 novel Dracula that vampires and bats became so closely linked in folklore. I mean, this all seems so silly. Undead people walking around taking bites out of the living. But uh, let's get to the hysteria and see where things turn from silly to serious. But before we do, let me tell you about Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea so you can make your next move with Squarespace. Whether you want to create a store, a blog, a site for your business, or just about any website at all, they have all of the tools that you need, including the ability to grab a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed. They have 24-7 support, and you can sign up for a free trial today. Just go to squarespace.com, and when you sign up, use the code UNGENIUS for 10% off. Squarespace plans start at $12 a month, but you can get that 10% off when you use the code UNGENIUS to check out Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. The New England Vampire Panic was a reaction to an outbreak of tuberculosis in the 19th century throughout the New England states of Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Vermont. At the time, people thought that TB was caused by the deceased consuming the life of their surviving relatives. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's accurate. TB was known as, quote, consumption. You've heard, we've all heard that term, uh, is what they called it at the time, as it appeared to consume an infected person's body. Of course, today we now know that it's just a bacterial disease, but the cause was unknown until the late 19th century. 
TB spreads easily among a family. Thus, when one family member died of consumption, other members were often infected and gradually lost their health. Bodies were exhumed and inspected to track down the vampire that was attacking the local population and to prevent the spread of disease. If a body still contained liquid blood, it was thought it had come from the living and that the body had to be dealt with to stop the spread of the disease. A lot of this is in reverse to how you would like think about it. It's like it is a little bit tricky to, to visualize, but just like to repeat it again, the idea was that living people thought that dead people were killing the living people just by being dead. It is kind of a strange thing to, to think about. It's quite the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a number of proposed ways to stop these attacks, the most benign of which was simply turn the body over in its grave. If it's face down, I guess it's harder to get out of the grave. I don't know. In other cases, in very upsetting cases we're going to talk about, families would burn the organs or decapitate the body and then rebury it. Affected family members would inhale smoke from the burned organs or consume the ashes in a further attempt to cure consumption. That sounds horrible. It's not good. It's not good at all. You're taking up your dead family members and decapitating them. Mm-hmm. People across New England took part in these rituals, despite newspapers throwing doubt on the practice and even urging people to stop. The Mercy Brown incident is the most well-known case from this time period. It occurred in Rhode Island in 1892 after several family members of George and Mary Brown died from consumption. The mother, Mary, was the first to die of the disease, followed in 1883 by their eldest daughter, Mary Olive. In 1891, daughter Mercy and son Edwin also contracted the disease. Friends and neighbors of the family believed that one of the dead family members was a vampire causing the disease to spread. You know, Michael, what really caught me by surprise about this story is the gap in years between this happening. It's 1883 to 1891. Like, what is the vampire doing? Like, do they go on vacation and then come back? I have lots of questions. It takes time to get ready, man. It's, it's a real... I guess so. It's a big job. Unless they turn you face down in your grave, in which case you can't go anywhere. You slowly turn over. <laughs> George Brown was persuaded by these friends and neighbors and gave permission to exhume several bodies of his family members. Villages, the local doctor, and a newspaper reporter, because I guess they didn't have anything better to do, exhumed the bodies on March 17, 1892. Mary and Mary Olive exhibited the expected level of decomposition, so they were thought not to be the cause. However, the corpse of a daughter, Mercy, which had been in a freezer-like above-ground vault, exhibited almost no decomposition. While we now know that the body's state was due to being held in a cold above-ground vault, the group assumed that Mercy was a vampire. Mercy's heart was removed and burned, and the ashes were mixed with water and given to the sick Edwin to drink. Nope. The Mm -mm. effort to resolve his illness and stop the influence of the undead was unsuccessful, Mm -mm. and the young man died two months later. That is... Don't like it. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's a really intense evening with the family and neighbors. And then I guess the <laughs> random newspaper reporter. Like, it's very, I mean, it's really, ups- like, it's genuinely upsetting to read. Someone's got to be there to document it. Oh, I guess. I guess. That's <laughs> I guess. How it works. Well, uh, I think, uh, I think that's it. Thanks to Seth for sending in this topic. I, I guess thanks is the right word. I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable sure. now. So, Seth, thanks, I guess. Whatever. 
If you want to read more about this or see that giant table of vampire traits, there are a bunch of links in our show notes. They're in the podcast app you're listening to or on the website relay.fm slash ingenious slash 47. You can get in touch with us there via email. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at ungenious. Mike is I-M-Y-K-E. And you can tweet to me at I-S-M-H. Uh, thank you so much to Seth again for sending this in. Our topics come from listeners, so if you come across a weird Wikipedia article you want us to talk about, you think we should know about, uh, send us a note with a link, and it will go in the list. And until our next uh, ritual, uh, I guess, you know, grave robbery, Mike, say goodbye. Oh, sun's coming up. Better get out of here. <laughs>